right, all right, all right. <laughs> what's up, what's up? We back again. Another Friday show, another episode of the Men Like Us podcast. Um, you know, as per usual, we got to take a second to, um, you know, share the show out. So y'all just bear with me. And if you're listening in podcast land, you know, fast forward a little bit. Fast forward a little bit while we um while I get this show out there and we get some live viewers because we are going off today. We got a new voice on the panel. It is going to go down. So, you know, um it, it is today we are we are talking we're tackling some heavy themes like religion and 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 how you know, people use religion to, you know, oppress and, you know, how people just, how, how a lot of religious families really handle, you know, anyone doing anything that's outside of their faith, their beliefs. Ugh. So we're going to get into it. Um, you know, uh, just give me a little bit, y'all. So just give me a little bit here. I just got to share this around. Share this around. Fuck. Yes. Just give me a little bit, guys. Um, well, fellas and ladies, give me a, a second here. So I'm going to share this on my feed as well. All right, all right. What's up, L, uh, Danae, Ariana, JM? Yeah, we getting in it. And we're going to break down some lyrics. We're going to break down a few things. Then we're going to have a little fun at the end. But uh, just give me a second. I want to share this thing to one more group. All right. Okay. So thank you for waiting. So, um, you know, if you watch my content before, you understand that, you know, I come from a very religious family. I've had certain conversations with family members and, oh, wow. Let me turn myself down. (laughs) I got my mic jacked all the way up. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, I come from a very religious family. It's been uh, tumultuous at best, you know, Nothing has really been completely solved. Sorry, I'm broadcasting from a secret location in Massachusetts, but, you know, is what it is. I'm at my girlfriend's house right now. Um, But, you know, my family relation has been very much um, uh, strained by, you know, the fact that I've been so open about dating women in the transgender community. And, you know, we are, I'm dealing with everyone's beliefs, religion, interpretation of religion and all that. And it's just been a very trying experience. And, um, you know, it's been something else. But uh, Kendrick Lamar kind of dropped some pearls recently. But before we get into that, um, I want to cover a few uh, a few basics. For those of you that might be new to the Men Like Us podcast, understand it is a podcast from a male perspective, 
This is Men Talking. We're going to be talking about our experiences, our thoughts, and, um, you know, just understand that the message and the, and the conversation that we're having is generally generally going to be delivered in a way that's palatable to men. But ladies, we love you. Please stick with us. But just understand that going forward, this is how we handle things on this podcast. This podcast is here to help men, help encourage men to live in their truth, accept themselves, step out into the light, be open, be transparent about who and what they are. And, you know, just stop living life in the shadow. Stop living life in fear. So that's what we are really here to do. That is the purpose of this is to help embolden men to really step forward and start living for yourself. You know, it's all about, you know, your happiness, guys. So without uh, also, also, yeah, wearing my Milwaukee Bucks shirt because the Bucks are in the playoffs still, as expected, of course. So, you know, go Bucks. But uh, without further ado, we're going to jump in to the show and I'm going to bring all the fellas on today. So bring the, the homie from Houston. What's going on? What's up, everybody? It's the main man, the Donis. Appreciate you allowing me this opportunity. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Hey, on, look. Chris? Thank you. We, we got to link up still. You know, we're still trying to uh, connect in Houston, man. But, you know, I got to get somebody else from, from the south up in here. These New Yorkers be running rampant on my platform, man. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. From and from the New York team. (laughs) Hails from the Real Talk podcast, where they have real motherfucking talk. My main man, Mike Brooklyn. What's up? Yo, real talk. Kevin Hart's about to like send you a cease and desist for stealing his material. (laughs) Uh oh, Kevin Hart. Uh-oh. He's going to be like, yo, 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 that all right, all right, all right, that's my shit. Oh, yeah, right. Please, he stole it from Matthew McConaughey first. Go, Texas. Uh, (laughs) Pretty much. Last but not least, the homie, my main man, the man who introduced me, who was there to welcome me during my first trip to New York, my main man, King Clee Trail. What's up? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We live. Yo, New York City is the greatest city in the world. That's come visit. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Now, now, Donis, both of them have been to Houston already, so they, they they understand the appeal. We all we had a blast. Okay, in Houston so yeah, last year. it was definitely fire. So, so I'm sure y'all had, um, they had good food. They had good food that came down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I'm mad I get my church's ticket, but I'll be back for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so look, um, fellas, Kendrick, or just everybody watching, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar dropped a new album, and on that album, he has a track called, um, wow, I don't know why I'm, I'm blanking out here. Yo, wait a minute, though. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute, though. You got to highlight a comment over here from Tracy. Oh no, we don't talk to Tracy anymore. <laughs> Yo, but she on point though. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Miss Tracy. Yes. yes. Where the world the end. The end. Uh but anywho, um, yeah, so Kendrick Lamar dropped an album. Uh song is called Auntie Diaries. 
in this song, Auntie Diaries, Kendrick Lamar, legit the new goat, the new goat of rap. Whoa. He's my goat. I'm taking him as goat, point blank, period. Already loved the last album, and he just knocked it out the park with this one. But in this song, he addresses his evolution and his journey in regards to two of his family members that are transgender. He talks about an auntie that he has that is trans. And then he also talks about a cousin that is trans, a transgender woman. Um, so, you know, he, he really goes into it. He breaks it down. It is super fucking dope. And, you know, it, the, the way the song is situated is he starts out in second grade with a second grade with a child's understanding and the child's understanding is my auntie is a man now. And that's what you get in second grade. You know, you eight, seven, eight years old. That's the level that you at. But, you know, he's he's really going, he, he's processing it as a child. And hold on, we want to bring this up. Uh, well, first off that one, but then um, really, let me see here. In, in, in the early part of his journey, he's trying to understand, you know, his, his auntie, who is a man now, and then also, you know, his transgender uh, now uncle, and trying to understand why people are reacting a certain way to to his new uncle. And one of the things that he, uh, he and we're just going to go over the lyrics, because we can't play the song due to copyright and all that stuff. The streaming get taken down. I'm sorry we can't play it. But we have lyrics that we're going to go over real quick. So this is really from the first one. Oh, got to take that down because it's in the way. So, you know, it's yeah. a seven-year-old him. My auntie is a man now. Ask my mama why my uncle yeah. that much. And at the parties where okay. they always want to fight him that much, she said, ain't no telling. Niggas always want to yeah. always been jealous because you had more women. Hold on a second. Let me. Sorry. Because he had more women, more money, and more attention which made more envy calling him anything but broke was less offending. So that was really the first passage that stuck out to me. And let me, I'm sorry, I got to take this down, y'all. This is kind of haphazard how we're doing this. But, you know, really those lyrics in that whole instance was just like, you know, when I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, they was definitely jealous. And there is jealousy on the part of some men. You know, when they when there's a transgender man in their presence, and let's say the transgender man got a bad chick with him, cis men will be jealous. There are cis men out there that will be jealous. They'll they'll be in their feel they'll be in their chest and they feels. But you know, the fact that like that's how his uncles was reacting to the situation was definitely whack. But you know, I think this is kind of like a slice of Americana in terms of how people in America react to this stuff, you know. Fellas, y'all got uh, Adonis, you got any thoughts? Yo. I'm gonna take you first, bro. As a new voice, man, my thoughts are all over the place. <laughs> my thoughts are all over the place. First of all, because I just heard it, and you know, I've been hearing um, different things. Everyone down my timeline was saying auntie's diaries and things of that nature. Um, mm -hmm. listening to it, so, and this is some, this is only gonna be for the critical thinkers out there because everybody's not gonna like this opinion. I understand where he's coming from especially coming from second grade you're speaking about the transition of understanding how your thoughts um process um choosing humanity over religion i understand um i get where he's going 
know, of course, it's a lot of people say it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I think the backlash is going to come a lot from the community um, of the fact of the dead naming, F-bombs and problematic language, though it is reality because I'm a person that I, even when I'm watching movies, I like it to have a huge sense of reality to identify with. And we have to be real. Unfortunately, everyone doesn't speak politically correct. When we are understanding to get to the point that we are now, I can say it's an 80s baby. Um, it was very much, even with queer member, family members um, and my family in the neighborhood, my family would say things of that nature are even worse. Um, not excusing it, but I'm just stating the reality of it. So mm -hmm. I can understand him stating it from that point of view. Um, do I agree with the delivery? It's his art, you know? Um, I'm not gonna try to police what he says and how he says it. I can tell you that I understand it. And I think that the message may be missed because of the problematic language, but it will, right or wrong and different, I think it's gonna bring a lot of awareness to the community. Mm -hmm. And I guess before we dive into this, you know, man, the thing that people have to really ask themselves is, is this message for you? This message ain't for people that's going to get about it. This message is for people who right. need growth and understanding on these topics. And, you know, causing a backlash on it, that's... Uh, people ain't going to like this, but at the Walker end of the day, a great point. you're just going to piss people off and, 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 and harden their heart and make them more make them not want to listen even more. Like this is this is where we were at over the uh, uh, Chappelle show thing, but I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Marcus says it's for people, um, why am I? Marcus says it's for people, you know, who, who outside of that in general populace, and that's fair. Um, but you know, this passage, this, 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 this passage really, you know, when I heard this, this uncle's part of it, um, you know, when, the mom is like, yo, they just jealous because because he got more women, more money, more attention, you know, makes more envy, calling them anything but broke was less offending. Like, I ain't gonna front. Like, I saw the parallels in the experience of transgender women and in the experience of the reactions of cis women as well, you know? Like I've been on Clubhouse and been in different spaces where girls is just straight up jealous, and it, you know, okay, you you feel like you're being replaced. You feel like you're being supplanted. You feel like you you're losing your place, and that person really isn't whatever X, Y, and Z. Like you just jealous because that girl got a man, or that girl got is married, or she looked better than you, whatever. You know, it, it, it's it's definitely there. I think there's a whole lot of parallels and all that stuff. But when he brought this up, it was really like, yo, he, he was really calling out that, yo, folks is jealous. And you're at, that's actually why you're mad is you're jealous. That's right. what I feel. I don't know. Mike, what you, what you feeling off that, off that, uh, the uncle's thing? Nah, yeah, I agree. It does have a strong message to, to the comparison of like cis women getting mad at trans women because I, I've seen it in person. I've seen cis women say shit like, you know, oh, you know, they can never really be me, stuff like that, you know, like the bullshit hater comments. And it's like, yo, like, I mean, Kendrick pretty much just called them all out. <laughs> Thanks. 
Yeah, I was going to get to that. Like, I see that on a daily basis, how they could be jealous. You know, the jealousy is, it goes both ways. You know, yes, you got some trans men that, especially, I mean, the ones I know, have some fine women that they are with, some fine, beautiful women that they're with. So, you know, some sister and the women, I mean, men will look at it and go, you know, I, how? That's some bullshit. And we're still trying to talk to the girl. No one damn well she has a man. Like, what are you doing? You know, and the same thing with um, you know, cisgender girls, just like what y'all was, you know, what y'all was saying that they would look at her and be like, oh, she can never be me. She she's trying to be someone like me, but she can't be like me. Y'all gonna get this through your head that nobody's trying to be you. They're trying to be the best version of themselves. That's it. Stop trying to be. A, you want you want somebody to compare to you so bad. You want to be in competition with somebody so bad. Only person everybody should be in competition with them what they look in the mirror every morning when they get up. You understand know what I'm saying? So it's bugged out how the way it is. But, you know, that's something that's been going on for generations, decades, and it's going to keep on going on. You know, it's not never going to be stopped. That's just the way of the world. Facts. Facts. I feel you on that, bro. And you know what, Chris, um, to, even, you know, to even like add more context to it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? To even yeah, add yes, more sir. context of as a person who's, down, who's, who's dating everything, um, <laughs> on the spectrum, Especially with trans men, you'll be surprised how many um, lesbians like throw much shade and hatred towards trans men. Like, I didn't even think it was a real thing. It's... Uh-oh. Whoa. Oh, wait, wait. No, he's back. He's back. He's back. Hold on. Sorry, we got you uh, back. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I don't know. What, what was the last point y'all heard? You were talking about the lesbians. Yeah, like, they... It's so much hatred, and maybe and it stems from jealousy as well. When I've seen people, trans men living in their truth, dating whomever, I didn't know they got so much hate from the lesbian community. And I would think that would be the last ones, but it's a real thing. And I was even shocked when I heard it. So it's definitely mm-hmm. about, in my opinion as well, it's jealousy, and it comes from every different realm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it seems to be the root of it, unfortunately. Absolutely. But, you know, with this particular pastor talking about the uncles being jealous and all that stuff, you know, let's be real. Yeah. And I hate to be that dude because I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not Mr. Modern Feminist. Shout out Kevin Samuels. Uh, but, you know, really, it is male privilege. It is like, yo, we're men and we own we own this and you can't get in. And because you're doing this and you're supplanting us we're going to be mad at you for it. And we're going to treat. And what's even more fucked up is that's their family member, yo. Like that's a sibling. Like that's your blood. And this is how you acting because your blood getting it better than you. You should be supporting. Right. Real talk. You should be happy. People just. You should be trying to get in. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Hey, that's my new brother right there. And I'm gonna go play wingman for my new brother because exactly you get some. Like, right. You just sitting there hating right. for what? Like, oh, it's whack, dude. Yeah, but yo, we we know from experience that you got relatives that as soon as they find out something about you, whether you trans or you trans amorous or you gay or bisexual, or whatever, is like that relationship suddenly changes because they don't know how to accept you because they can't let go of the person whoever they thought you were before. Yeah. I mean, there's that. 
Um, you know, I understand there's an adjustment time for everything, but at the end of the day, as a family member, your whole responsibility is to show nothing but love up front. That's what the fuck your job is as a family member. Love, not talk about your disagreements, right. not talk about your bullshit interpretation of a religion that's thousands of years old, that's been used all over the place. Because I'm not, I'm really not anti-Christian or anti-Christianity or anything like that. I just acknowledge people can bend it and and and, and manipulate it to fit to suit their needs. But you know, and it's also used as a as a measure um, to avert accountability. Which you know, we're gonna get onto that because Kendrick addresses how people use religion to hate. And this is gonna be a long one. It's gonna be a four parter. But he's talking about his cousin. You know, his cousin who is trans now and, you know, they were they they have been a little bit separate, but they found themselves at church on Easter Sunday. And um, we're just going to jump to the first one. So Demetrius is Marianne now. Remember church Easter Sunday? I sat in the pew. You had stronger faith, more spiritual than these dudes were living life straight, which I found ironic because the pastor didn't see the same. He said my cousin was going through some things. He promised the world we living in was an act of abomination. Sorry. And Demetrius was to blame. I knew he was conflicted by the feelings of preacher man wondering if God could still call you a decent man. Still, you found the courage to be subservient just to anoint until he singled you out to prove his point, saying Demetrius is Marianne now, church. His auntie is a man now. Sorry, I got to find that damn third one. It hurts. It, it hurt you the most because your belief was so close to his words, forcing me to stand. Now I said, Mister Preacher Man, should we love? Should we love thy neighbor? The laws of the land or or the heart? What's greater? I recognize the study she she taught since birth, but that don't justify the feelings that my cousin preserved. The building was thinking out loud, bad angel. That's when you looked at me and smiled and said, thank you. The day I chose humanity over religion. I'm sorry, that day I chose humanity over religion. The family got closer. It was all forgiven. And like, that's, I mean, that was his whole fucking story right there. His cousin, right. and to set y'all up, his cousin was kind of in a closet. Wasn't fully living the truth just yet. In that moment, trying to stay in that lane of religion and please correct me if I'm wrong about this. That's the way that I thought things were happening in the song. But, you know, this whole thing was his cousin was deeply religious, deeply in the church. And then the pastor used his cousin, singled him out in front of the congregation on Easter Sunday. And Kendrick Lamar had the bravery, the courage to provide opposition and really confront this man and say, yo, are we, are we choosing religion or, or humanity here? And the, and the crazy thing is, it shouldn't be any fucking difference. This religion shouldn't move people to strip away somebody's humanity. At least that's my thoughts on it, but you know. Unfortunately. Y'all fellas, what, what, what y'all feeling on this, man? Unfortunately, it does. Like, I mean, I grew up like, you know, within Christianity, but at the same time, it's like some of the things I've heard Christians actually say out their mouths, it doesn't always line up with humanity. You know, sometimes it just 
flashes. Go ahead, Trev. Yeah, see me, I was a little different. Um, I grew up, you know, my house, my, my home, my home, my household believed in God, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't really hard body into the church, but it was West Indian. You know, they grew up in West Indian Jamaican, of course, you know, so it was at least that they had that, you know, what you're not supposed to be doing, what you're supposed to be doing. It was a lot of that. So, you know, me, I was always a black sheep, I always, you know, look look past it for some reason. You know what I mean? And me, I always say this, and to this day, I always feel this way. I always felt this way when I was young. I, I don't care about no religion, no anything. I believe I believe in humans. I'm into humans. You know what I mean? I'm not a big animal lover. I'm, in, I'm into humans. Humanity is something very important within us. And I don't understand how people take, people don't take that shit serious at all. You got people that would love an animal more than they love a person, which is unbelievable to me. But yeah, that's basically what it, what it is, you know. Okay, Adonis, you got any thoughts on this whole church episode? Um, so my my situation is different because I've heard these stories, these stories about church hurt and things of that nature. I grew mm-hmm. up in an interfaith household. My father's Muslim, Nigerian. My mom's African American Christian. So. I've always been aware of this, but even as a kid and not like understanding my thoughts and my feelings, and I know a lot of people may not disagree with me, but I never gave like, honestly, two fucks of, not saying about religion, because I, I do see myself as spiritual, but I never thought that, man, when I say man, I'm talking about everyone who is a hum- human, had that much power mankind. to put me in a heaven or hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. mankind, I never thought they had that much power to put me in heaven or hell. And if God is everything they say that God is, well, then maybe when you referring to Allah or Christianity or anything in Abrahamic religion, if God is that powerful, God don't need no help from nobody on this earth. So I never, uh, I never dealt with some of the, um, you know, some of the hurt that a lot of people said it was real. Like it really didn't make shake or break me. Unfortunately, I know a lot of people that it did. I have um, exes or even friends that, the transition because it bothered them so much so mm-hmm. it's a real thing I'm, I'm glad he spoke about it because a lot of people can identify with church church hurt um uh, when it comes to this topic so i'm glad he shed light on it absolutely and you know really the people that are inflicting the hurt like the, the thing that i hate the most is when people who are inflicting the hurt try and hide behind the religion and be like oh well that's just my beliefs that's Dude, that is you. Yeah, right. Like I, yeah. I straight up like asked. Yeah, my, they like, use Christianity. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, they use it as a shield. They use it as a shield to push whatever narrative that they want. You, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then it's more so like it's the tradition behind a lot of a lot of the shit that um gets a lot of people alienating or practicing this way. Even some as mm-hmm. silly as women shouldn't wear pants and things in church. It's Ooh, just like it's so many different. <laughs> that's what I'm that's saying. It's so, many, it's so many different areas that you can that you can like choose from. Um, but people can use whatever. Um, they they can use religion as a shield to push whatever narrative they want. We've seen that um, with cults and other dictates and things of that nature. And I honestly don't think that religion is different depending on who's um, the leader. 
in a religious mm-hmm. institution. So it just depends on where you're at. Because, but if you're pushing something towards hate that's supposed to teach love, as an adult, it will make me second guess, hey, am I, how am I really being fed here? But that's just me. Yeah, I feel you, bro. Like, I straight up told, because um, I was having a conversation with my mom about this kind of stuff, you know, about where she's at and her faith and all that kind of stuff. But I just asked her straight up, I'm like, you know, what good is a religion that forces you to treat people bad, treat people different, lesser than, like, the, and, and, you know, I was talking to another family member and I just straight up asked him, I'm like, oh, well, okay, you, your beliefs, you were raised this way, all this other stuff, cool. But since you are a follower of Christ, I got to ask you, what would Jesus do? Right. Like, frankly, Jesus ain't going to say, oh, no, 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 you stay over there, sinner, sinner. No, no, no. I'm going to treat you bad. You're, I'm going to stone you to death, cast out all... You say you're a follower of Christ, and, and Christ wouldn't do that, according to what right. you know the stories that I've heard of him, or from what I've read of that book. But you know, like you said, Adonis, it is ever it is the uh, tradition. There's a whole lot of that Westernized yeah. tradition, and um, you know, I, and that's why this is why on this show, um, June third, we are going to talk about the history of the world and help explain you know, ancient cultures and, you know, the, the the third gender, transgender, all that other stuff, like how a lot of these cultures had room for these people in their society and they weren't outcasts or anything that, that stuff. And it's not new. You know, everybody's like, oh, it's new and now it's a mess. But look, Kendrick Lamar is a brave man. You know. And I wish more people could be as brave as him to, to use critical right. thinking and stand up in the moment. Right. I love what Kendrick, what Kendrick doing, especially how he explains it from the trans point of view, but let's not forget Macklemore made a whole song about this, about the situation. Mm-hmm. Also, can't forget about that. And it was a hit also, so it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. It was definitely a hit. I think this would be different even though it was rap. Like if we can call a thing a thing, and we gonna we're just having a real conversation. We know that it'll be received differently because of the fact that Kendrick is black saying this, you know, mm-hmm. um, right? As opposed, to not saying that it wasn't important when Macklemore said it, but we know within our community, um, it is different when it's us speaking to us. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Now it is, which is why I think this song is so big because it's so this. Kendrick Lamar is top of the heap already. Everybody loves him. They love how deep this man is, how thoughtful he is. And, you know, you got to listen to his stuff over and over and over to really get pick every little morsel from the bone with his music. But this yeah. is it's, this message is getting delivered to the people. Yeah, and but I think it, this will get people thinking about how they perceive this stuff and how they respond to it. Yeah, Sorry, but, Mike, go ahead, bro. No, I'm just saying it's two artists from this generation that you could credit for going deep with issues. And that's Kendrick and J. Cole. Mm-hmm. So both of these men, like when they speak, this generation, they need to be the ones that they listen to because I know for mine and Trell's generation, the people that we used to pay the most attention to was Nas, Jay-Z, Biggie, and Pop. Those were the voices that like when they spoke, you knew you was gonna hear some real shit. And now with this generation, I mm-hmm. say that too. And that's Kendrick and J. Cole. Mm. 
Yeah, fair enough. Now you know we're not going to talk the, about who we had in the I, I, Yeah, go ahead, bro. <laughs> no, here's the thing I always pondered, and I had this conversation. I was dating someone um, that I didn't that um, was that not was. I'm sorry. That is a trans man and was is deeply religious. And I just had a question. I'm like, if and as far as Christianity, and I said, if most of our religion speaks about the afterlife and the soul, why is it so much emphasis on what we do sexually as if we're just temporarily in the shell, temporarily in the gender? If it's about the soul, why would things and rules and regulations about the temporary vessel you in matter so much? If a soul is genderless, why does it matter? Like, who, who do you choose to love mm-hmm. and what do you choose to engage in? That's a really good question. Really good question. How are you? Yeah, I mean, wait, you're kind of speaking their language on that one, too. Because I, I, I definitely come more scientific with it, you know, in terms of the creator of the universe. Yeah. The universe is a very large, very large thing. The universe has yeah. millions of galaxies in it filled with also millions, if not billions, of solar systems inside each of those millions of galaxies. So what I when I'm the thing that that, that always leads me to if I, I don't understand how the creator of the universe, somebody who literally created the entire cosmos, a very big space, would give a fuck about what humans are doing on this little dirt ball in terms of sex. Right. Like I, I, I think yeah. the creator of the universe has bigger issues than where I put my penis consensually. I understand seriously. violence. Seriously. Yeah. But it's just like when you when you think of it like that, does it really make sense? Like, does it really make sense that like no, it doesn't. But you know, I am thinking about it on terms that I can understand, and obviously an ultimate creator of the universe would think on in terms that is above us, of course. But you know, it it really is, guys. It's we and I appreciate you. You know, you guys chiming in on this one, and everyone watching. You know, please drop your stories, drop your comments. You know, we are not. I am not saying that religion is bad um, at all. I just really hate when people use it as a reason to hold to their bigotry, to hold to their non-acceptance. Use right. it as a reason to treat people differently, worse all that kind of stuff to not accept somebody. And I'm not even going to say accept because you don't need to be everybody's friend, but just be right. respectful towards every human. Everybody deserves a basic level right. of respect. Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, exactly. Bible, Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth, right? Mm. So, I mean, at the core, it's a good instruction to follow the only problem is that often the Bible gets weaponized if the if the hardcore portions of Christianity don't agree with something that you are doing within your life. So kind of like, I mean, my fiance Latria said, like her father was a whole Christian, but he also had his drug addictions, you know, and then basically he wants to accept her all of a sudden when she's like about to move. So that's one thing where it's like, yo, like at the core, he could have followed good instructions based upon the Bible and everything like that. But instead he chose to have his own issues and then try to demonize her. 
And then it's not until he realizes that he fucked up that all of a sudden he wants to try to change. And even at that point, like, to be honest with you, from what I know, he really didn't even bother to go through with the change. Mm. So, so it's like, at the end of the day, like, how can a person such as myself, like, keep going back to the religion when it turns me when it turns me off or whatever and also just keep going back and keep going back and then also what i'm just going to live my whole life in and out <laughs> right you know, i totally get it you know i'm you know like me like i said before i'm not the one for religion i don't i mean i'm not a big firm believer in god i don't care who crucified me they don't care that's my belief you know a long time ago i, I was not i'm not I don't really believe in, I, I believe in some things in religion, but it's a lot of things I'm just not big on. I'm just not big on religion itself. You know, it's just a whole lot to really like bash because of the teachings and everything. Like if you want people to follow your religion, you're going to have as many people as you can to follow your religion, regardless of gender, sex, whatever, lifestyle, whatever y'all want to call it. You should have it all as a whole, but you know you got certain, and like Chris said, you got certain people that use religion to hold on to their bigotry, and it's really messed up. I mean, you know, it's and and, and um, Kendrick's going to get into it. You know, Kendrick, the next point that we're going to get to will really reveal, you know, some of the bigotry and the, and the double standards. But um, before we moved on, you know. I really encourage everyone to listen to this song, Auntie Diaries, because, you know, it really shows Kendrick's evolution. It, it's it's his story, which, you know, like Adonis said, you know, can be raw, can have things in it that, you know, people may not agree with. He does say the F word a lot. Um, he does say it in terms of, you know, we used to say it and we didn't know any better. We used to say it and we didn't we didn't get it. But then. You know, fast forward to middle school. Okay, we're saying it, but now, actually, I'm I'm starting to feel because my cousin over here. I understand that my cousin is not laughing at it too much, and I know my cousin. And now he's he's pulling back from that a little bit. And now he's an an adult, and he's ready to confront the world and stand up for his cousin, stand up for his blood. You know, from persecution, really. And uh, you know, it's a really dope song. It's a great journey and really it's the journey of a lot of men in america and it, I, I would say it's very similar to mine you know i used to say all sorts of i was raised to be uh, uh uh homophobic you know we used to play games like smear the queer like that was wow. a game it's the name of a oh, game wow. if you haven't heard of it it's it's a game that kids used to play they probably still play they just call it something else but you know like and, and saying the effort all that stuff like people are raised to be that way because everybody's raised to believe that this is a sin and we hate sin and these these kinds of people are not the kinds of people we need to hang out with and it's just it's it's all of that you know i've I actually watched um a man in my church struggle with being gay and you know he came he showed up and he left and he was in and i'm like where did where did he go where did he go hey he, okay now he's back all right he's good so y'all okay with him being gay now because like we all know he's gay and like there's you know there's just people you know just, i'm sure you guys grew up with folks yeah we're like oh yeah that's John, johnny always been you know since the yeah. second grade i knew that I, I, I know I, he wasn't like I, 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 says if i'm 
Yeah. Yeah, you see Ariana, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, babe. She said, I remember that game. I've never heard it. I'm like, damn. That's interesting. I like yes, yeah, that was a game. It, it was played with a football, and essentially, um, somebody was started, and you throw the ball up in the air, and essentially, whoever got it, every it was everybody else's job on the field to tackle them. So essentially, you're run, you're the person with the ball, wow. and you got twenty people chasing you, trying to tackle you, and you got to duck and dodge and move, and then once you get tackled, you got to let the ball go. And then it's somebody else to go and everybody else got attacked. So it's you versus everybody else is coming down on you. And it was close for me. Right. Weird. We played I, it in I played that game. On the playground. Yeah, I played that game. That We called it Kill the Man with the Bull. Yeah. That's what yeah. we called it, Kill the Man with the Bull. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean. Oh, you know, so I played this game? Yeah. yeah that, but you guys didn't give it a problematic name like Smear the Queer. No, exactly. Yeah, like, got in Wisconsin, no, uh, a place well, where it takes time for things to change. We're we're behind the rest. Like back in those days when there wasn't no internet, places like Wisconsin, it took time for things to filter down. You know, even yeah, even style, shoot, music, everything. Yeah, wow. nah, we, we 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 would just go to what we call the Dust Bowl over there in Sunset Park, and we would fucking yeah, like. Like, 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 you know, because if you're going to tackle the motherfucker, you don't want to do it on concrete, so you do it at the dust bowl. Right. Yeah, I'm playing, I'm playing on the field. I'm playing in the field, popping pop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously, I would never, wow. even if I played that game, I wouldn't call it that anymore, and I would never encourage my children or any children that I know to use that word or anything like that, but it is that evolution yeah. where it's like we are raised in a system that tells us these things are okay, and yeah. We're, sorry, we're not that old. We are not that old. We are not that far. Old. We're, we're, we're not 70 sitting there saying, well, back in my day, you know, no. Not no, at all. Yeah, yeah, but we yeah. used to didn't call it that. It was just like like Charles said, like kill the man with the ball, attack the right. man with the ball. Like yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what the name of the game was. But it's just like, so in the song, Kendrick is talking about, hey, I use the F word a lot and I didn't know any better. I use the F word or I used to, and he said, my auntie is a man now. He didn't know. But then as he's, as you're listening to the lyrics, he's referring to his auntie as him and his girl and all that stuff. And then, okay, now Demetrius is, I forget the name already. Um, what is it? Uh, anyways, he's talking about his cousin and all that stuff, but it, it doesn't ring the same as saying, you know, he, him, his, and all that stuff. He's talking about when he was closeted before he really came out, but if you listen to the song more, he does talk about, you know, him getting surgeries and, you know, really living in his yeah. truth and how the family reacted differently to him, to, to his cousin transitioning from male to female or from man to woman than they did to the auntie that transitioned from female to male, which is another issue that people that we have, you know, um, masculinity is just seen as more valuable. Mm -hmm. Transitioning away from masculinity, now you're a weirdo. Coming into it, oh, come on in. You know, uh, there's plenty of black male groups that have studs in their friend group, and it ain't no smoke. Ain't nobody like, no, man, it's no, no, yeah. that. no, no, you're cool. That's a homie. Come on through. Right. I see that a whole lot. Yeah. That I see a whole lot. Yeah. That's just normal. Even, even when the young generation, 
I see like high school kids like they really rocking with their stud friends, like hard yeah. body. Yeah, that's the homie. That's bro. That's that's whatever. Because that doesn't take me in a space where I feel like it's crossing my gay line and me losing my identity. Uh, it's 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 a lot of silliness. But anywho, we're gonna move on because um, we do have some other things to talk about. We got one last one. Yes, sir. Hold on, before we do, I want I just want to because I like so the fact that I have never heard the name of the game and I am here once to know that though we know that systematic racism and all that stuff is real, it's some things about the stuff that's pretty progressive. But let me also say that I'm from Houston, so Houston was southern versus country. That's what y'all to know that when y'all had the mm-hmm. stereotypes of the south. Um, I've never heard of the queer until today, so I just want to put that out there. I want y'all yeah. to unlearn a lot of things yeah. y'all know about this South. Houston. My first time I'm from, from the North. Yeah, there you go. I'm from the yeah. good old Midwest where time stands still. Nothing changes. It's, I mean, my whole community is exactly the same as it was when I was a kid. They don't build nothing new. Everything is just bombed out, depleted poverty. It ain't nothing like sorry. I mean go 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 bucks and all, but you know, Milwaukee just don't it's not progressive place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um really there's one last thing. Now this last part of the song we want to cover, it has nothing to do with transness or religion specifically. I think it, it, what he's doing in this is he's drawing parallels that people can understand, which is great. So, you know, he says, I said them F-bombs. I ain't know any better mistakenly. I ain't think that you'd know any different. See, I was taught words were nothing more than a sound. If they if they were pronounced without any intentions, the, sec- the very second you challenged the shit I was kicking reminded me about a show I did out in the city. Sorry, what's that second one at? That time I brought, brought a fan on stage to rap, but disapproved the word that she couldn't say with me. You said Kendrick ain't no room for contradiction to truly understand love. Switch positions. F word, F word, F word. We can say it together, but only if you let a white girl say the N word. And he was, you know, he was calling out this contradiction that we talked about before on this show, which is, you know, one of the things I always say is oppressed, oppressed communities love oppressing other communities. They love oppressing other people. Absolutely. And then they don't understand that they are using the very tactics and skills that were used to oppress them to oppress other people. So, yeah, okay, we can say that all day as long as you let this white girl say that because this is all equal, right? Like, you see the parallels in this, which I think that's a message some people won't receive because people are very, very um, sensitive and they get really triggered when you bring race into the conversation about, you know, helping them understand the, the parallels between how they treat people and how they're being treated when it comes to how they treat the LGBT community versus how some white people treat them or some Asian people treat oh, them or some Latin people treat them like, or even black people treat them like. So I'm sorry, what are you going to say? Bro? Go ahead. A lot of people don't want to check the a lot of people don't want to check their own privilege and so mm. many so many times they get just so um fixated on what white privilege is but you got 
individuals that do ableist shit every day, all day, and when they get called out about it, oh, well, that's different. Um, so my thing is, like, also the term, my mom used to always say, if y'all gonna play, y'all gonna play right. So if something is wrong, it's gonna be wrong regardless. So mm-hmm. if you're gonna be quick to call out, let's say, um, white privilege, be quick to check the privileges that you operate in and you don't say shit about you know mm-hmm. within our own marginalized communities and i think a lot of people are so quick when the figure is important to them but if you're all about it you're about it mm-hmm. mike trill if y'all got thoughts on this last I mean, passage of the song i mean like in the latino community like we got shit like that too because it's like you gotta understand, like Latins are not just a stereotypical brown that everybody tries to say, oh look, that's a Mexican or that's a Puerto Rican, whatever, you know, stuff like that. Like we come from all shades. So you got Latinos that are blacker than the blackest person that you could think of in your mind. You know, like you got the darkest complexions, but you got the complexion like me also, and then you got the in-between, which you know. You got the brown color, you know, caramel color, however you want to call it. So, I mean, that doesn't change whether you go to Mexico, you go to Puerto Rico, um, you go to Dominican Republic, anywhere. So we deal with that too, to where it's like, okay, now you got the colorism that comes into play. And Mm -hmm. this person is supposed to get more treatment because they might be a lighter shade. That person might get negative treatment because they're a darker shade. But then you got the other people within the community that that it doesn't matter what shade you are, you my Latino brother or sister, whatever the case may be. So we got the colorism that comes into play too, which is kind of like where Kendrick is coming from, where like, okay, you know, if we're gonna go with this statement, then you gotta let that white girl say whatever, you know, because you're contradicting yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I mean, I, I could only I could only speak like from the Latino point because it's like you know I'm part Latino, but I'm also part white, so it's like I kind of know both spectrums. <laughs> and you know, and, and at the same time, colorism <laughs> is very real, but so is bigotry within you know your sexual orientation or your gender identity as well. So it's like if we're gonna mm-hmm. talk about one, you gotta talk about the other, and none of them is right. Mm-hmm. Now you know. Um, I agree with you, Mike. I don't know what answer doing the comments, and I see that Tracy said, "No, Mike, I love you, but Latino, no Latino is blacker than a black person." So Tracy, no, you, you do. do. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying skin, skin I, color. I want to understand. Okay. No, I, I'm saying skin color wise. Yeah, no, Mike, you Yeah, like you know, like even in Mexico, in the southern tip. You got people that, if you were to look at them, you think they're a black person, not necessarily Latino. Well, you know what, though? That's because, um, and this is actually a really cool story that I found out about um, last year. Well, there were were a lot of slaves that escaped to Mexico. Exactly. Because you Uh, got to understand. They just started mixing up down there. Now, granted, they mixed out most of their blackness by this point, but to hear, you know, I was watching, it was well, like this one man, she was probably like 80, 90 years. She was really old, but she was singing some old hymns. She speaks Spanish. Yeah. But the songs she was singing were the old church songs that her ancestors were singing, the hymns, in English. And they were singing it like it was a sacred song. Yeah, and the reason why is because really 
yeah, yeah. You got to remember, I'm also an Iroquois Native American too. So it's like the reason why is because a lot of times when slaves would actually escape the plantation, the only people that were willing to take them in was the Native American tribes that still existed in those lands, which now is Texas, Nevada, Arizona, California. That's, you know, that's the ones who Utah. didn't own slaves themselves. Yeah. But, Some but of those guys that, that own slaves. So. But, but at the time, those, those fucking uh, lands over there was considered part of Mexico. But now it's part yeah. of the United yeah. States. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, and, and and they're not gonna let Mexico reclaim their uh, time. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, guys, this was a <laughs> very dope song. I'm sorry, Troy. You, did you want to get in? My bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I just want colorism is a, a, a big issue because when my grandmother came over here, my grandmother came over here. You know, my grandmother's very light skin, but she came over here from Jamaica to America. You know, they didn't want them in a, in some restaurants. Like they didn't like like the whole family came over. They didn't want them in a certain restaurant, ironically, here in New York. But they let my grandmother and her people in because they was light-skinned. So colorism, yes, it is a big deal. It is a, a very big deal. And I never knew that until she told me one, one time. And she explained it, you know. And she also came over here with Allie Mary Fonte. I mean, she was alive. That is her, that is her favorite story. She talks about that all the time. But yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I could, I could, I understand what Mike, what Mike was saying. I understand because I know a dude that's Dominican, and he's darker than me. Mm-hmm. Like he's very, like he's darker than me. He's Dominican, pure Dominican. He's from Dominican Republic, pure Dominican. Yeah, yeah, but he's darker than me. So you know, I, I understand the colorism. But the whole point, you know, I understand what Kendrick was saying at that part. Like you could say F bomb, S bomb, but then again. Can you have a white person say nigga? You know, and I say this all the time. I said you cannot be a black person. You can't be a black person and don't like nobody Hispanic or white to say nigga. But then again, you out here, nigga, 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 nigga. You can't do that. And I say that all the time because I'm trying. Even though I still say it to this day, I'll be trying my best not to say it. Like sometimes they be slipping out and I be in my head like, God damn it, dude, let it slip out again. And I start over. So you know, it's like it's crazy. But I, like me personally, being a black person, I'm just I'm I'm just tired of saying the word nigga. I'm just trying to like erase the whole nigga. You know what I mean, and then the word faggot. To be honest, here in New York, I don't know Michael really. I don't think Michael really talk about it too. When we talk, when we call people faggot, it's not maintaining to a gay person. We're not trying to carve out a gay person. We just talk about the wrong bum ass shit that a person do. So we call them faggots. I mean, because like being a bum, like when you call a bum here, you could be rich as a motherfucker, but you got bum intestines. You do mad bum ass shit. You're a bum ass. So we quit. Okay, I go to again. But yeah, that's that's basically what we. That's basically what the the word stems from. It's just a person that do mad bullshit. You're a bum. And that's like the perfect But see, but here's the thing, though, man. The world's a lot bigger than New York. If that's how y'all get down to New York. That's how you get down in New York. I would make the effort to exit out your vocabulary, but you know, out here in the wildlands. Uh, well, see, well, out here in the wildlands, you know, that is primarily reserved, you know, for people who are no, for men who are gay. People don't even call women like, oh, wait, so you're a fan? Like, they don't say that to women. 
It's, oh yeah, you're right. lesbian is, sure. or actually they have the other D word. I'm sorry, they do have that, which is you know it is what it is. But you know I think we're getting off the, the 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 topic of the real point to what Kendrick was really trying to drop at the end of his song, which was you know highlighting, you know people who are sensitive about the use of a word that's negative for them, but then have no problem using it for someone else. And I right. think that's really what he's trying to drive it. Now, I'm a person, I use the N-word whenever, but, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those, I'm one of those black people. I use the N-word and I don't appreciate or, or approve of anyone who I see to be as white using it without express permission, frankly. Um, but I do understand what Kendrick is trying to do is he's trying to get the masses to understand what they're doing and what is wrong with their mindset and trying to get them to grow. And, you know, like I said, like we said in the beginning of this conversation, this song isn't for the woke folks. It's for the people who need to wake up. Right. It's trying to elevate people, trying to get them out of their state. And if somebody is smart that a lot of people you Kendrick to be very smart, very intelligent, and somebody who's deep, and somebody who they would aspire to try and be on this level, try to learn from, you know. And I, I, I hope that that would drive them towards a, a growth. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, one. I want to know who was farting because I almost smelled it. Oh, that was that's that's Charles' <laughs> chair. Yeah but, also, yeah, but also, damn, uh, to help people wake up, and since we were talking about Dominicans, can we get into this uh, pollo guisado con arroz aqui? <laughs> you know? Let me see that. Oh, damn, I want some now. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, wait, I'm sorry. It's the heart. It, yeah, you know what? I, I feel you on that, Claudette. I really do. It's that ER on it that... Is that ER and the emotion of that ER that come that stink that that gets put on it with the ER? I'm just like, Ooh. that's why yeah. I say with the fuck. I agree. With, I agree. I agree. With call like, that too. Yeah. Like you trying to catch hands, and I'm I, not a man know, of war. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I might have to open hand slap you I right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with Claudette. I come from the kind of lens that you come from, and then also being like half Nigerian. Like it's a whole different. I feel a certain type of way because I'm one of the people that don't use it. Because I'm like, if something is offensive, it's offensive, and I don't like when like continental Africans say it because your your history tied to that word is not the same as African American. So my thing is like, right, right. Well, just because we might be skin folk, don't mean we can folk, and you don't have license right. and agency to use that word either. So it's to me, my thing is again, it's very black and white. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Don't do it. I don't want. And I'm not gonna lie. Um, my mom's side of the family used it. It took a while for me to get it out of my vocabulary. Um, mm -hmm. However, I just if it's gonna piss me off, or I don't want anyone saying it. I'm not gonna say it. Mm -hmm. Period. So I just and I make sure. And I actually got into a fight with one of my frat brothers for calling me that during the meet. Who's black? So. My thing is, and it wasn't the fact that he said it was how he said it too, because context yeah. matter and how you mm -hmm. say things. But if it's something that is used to warn a certain reaction out of you, and it's uh, coming from a hateful place, um, 
again, were you alone in your comfort zone and with your significant other or whatever? If y'all are cool using that one another or your peers and y'all in y'all safe space, do that. But I know as for me, I don't wanna I don't want one calling me that regardless of mm-hmm. what default characteristics we we share, and I'm not gonna call you that. So I think it's very important to always know the room and when in doubt, don't use it. There you go. When in doubt, don't use that shit. So um, we're going to wrap this thing on up because we done hit our hour. But we're going to look, we we done with the Kendrick part, y'all. So we about to dump on <laughs> some other stuff real quick. We about to give a little quick 10 minutes on a different topic because yeah, I promised my main man, Adonis, we was talking about it, you know, in the men's group. And yeah, we got to get into this. So um, I'm going I'm to tell y'all right now, we got some spoilers coming up. And if this ain't your cup of tea, it ain't your cup of tea. And that's cool. We, oh, I thought I put a little thing in here about it. Whatever. Um, we are talking about uh, 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 the latest Marvel movie, Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. If you don't want to be spoiled on this, I am giving you the opportunity <laughs> to turn this off. I'm this out. movie came out a week ago. <laughs> I heard that. All right, Trail. This movie yeah, came yo. out last week. And, you know, what was crazy about last week was this movie came out. And, you know, Marvel movies are usually the biggest thing on the Internet when they come out. And, um, you know, it's my job to 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 it's my job to know what's trending on the Internet. So, yeah, I do my keyword research, SEO research. I'm watching Google Trends and I have some other SEO listening tools and, you know, it wasn't the top thing. It was number two. What's up? I'm sorry, Mike. You, you about to go to? Confirm or deny. That's all you got to do is confirm or deny. From Because from what I hear, a lot of people are confirming this. What's that? Doctor, Doctor Strange, better than the Batman movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. So Doctor Strange 2, <laughs> Multiverse of Madness. It was. It is a good movie. I love it. Sadly, uh, 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 something happened that trumped it for whatever reason. And I promise y'all, I, like, I know, I know this because this is my this is my day job. The death of popular YouTuber Kevin Samuels was such a big thing; it trumped the release of a new Marvel movie. Marvel movies are fucking huge, and the box office for this movie massive, massive. I'm just about to leave because I'm about to get into this Dominican food. Hey, I feel you, bro. I'm, I'm ready to eat too. I'm ready to eat too. I, my girl ordering pizza for us right now because I'm I, I'm ready to chop down. Bro. Good as hell. Yeah, do your oh, thing, I bro. I, I, I can smell. Yeah, rub, it in my, rub it in my face that I'm single right now. Y'all got Uh-oh. y'all got for y'all. Rub it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. So look, multiverse madness, right, bro. bro. Uh, um, one last one last chance spoilers spoilers for everybody spoilers all day so first off what'd you think of the movie good bad in between what's up oh now overall i thought about the movie it was a it was a side it was great it was great if i had to get a letter grade i'd give it an a okay i'd give it a solid a not an a plus not a minus but an a yeah, you know what? I'm with you on that. Um, well, actually, no. I would have to give it a B. I would have to downgrade it just slightly because oh, wow. it is not the best that Marvel's okay. put out, but it's good. Where, where we're saying C is average, it's above average, and it's definitely worth okay. you spending your money and going to C. Because really, 
gonna just be out with it, bro. This movie had me geeked as fuck. And I was all over the place. And my girlfriend knows I was sitting there kicking and yelling and you know, I was trying to be respectful <laughs> to everyone around me, but it, I was free, I was losing my mind in this movie. That's what brought it up to above average and almost top tier. When I say almost top tier, like it's almost because top tier to me is in game. In game is yeah, it. nothing, nothing is nothing is in game. Nothing. In game, uh Captain America 2. You know what? No, in game is up there. And it can't, it's on the echelon, but in the top echelon of Marvel movies with Captain America 2, Thor 3, universally seen as some of the best ones. This movie can go up there for me because of the Illuminati and the, the whole the whole Illuminati part about it. The fact that they got Charles Xavier, Patrick Stewart, to play Charles Xavier in that movie. We got an X-Men crossover. Finally, man, I was done. I was done. I was they, they had to get him like the whole wheelchair of money. Like, how did they get him back? Because he made it clear that he was not gonna reprocess roll. Yes, yes. Gave him a, a wheelchair full of money for him to come back. <laughs> and the thing is, during the trailer, everybody's like, "That's Patrick Stewart's voice." He was like, "Oh no, 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 no. That's not me. That's not me. Uh, uh-uh, uh, that ain't me." I'm. He's in there lying about it. So right. it's just like then, but, yeah, but I like those Patrick surprises Stewart. like that. Yeah. Yes, and Patrick Stewart was in there as Charles Xavier from the X Men. But what 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 made it even better than him being there was he said the line. He said the line, even though people get lost, they may stumble. That doesn't mean they're they're truly lost. Like he he had this yeah. this saying that he used in the uh, 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 Days of Future Past movie. And it was the exact same line. I said, "Oh shit!" He said the same line. Same line. I'm losing it. He said the line. Wait, but wait, but you saw when well, you saw when that chair was creeping in. They started playing the '90s theme anime. Yes, theme. man, that was pure. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah. If y'all don't know, we go watch that '90s cartoon of X Men that's they're bringing back. Cause they're going to call it X Men '97. Uh, so the old one that used to be on Fox Kids, they're bringing that one back. Um. But yeah, he, so that was the biggest reveal to me. That was the biggest part of the movie, period. That was the gotcha moment. That was a, oh shit, like I can't, I would love to be there watching my mom watch that movie just to watch that reveal. Sadly, because of distance, we can't. Wow. Because, uh, you know, I, I used, gotcha. you know, taking her to Marvel movies was kind of our thing. I would always, I would always show up, take her to the mm. new movie, we'd go see it together. And that was, you know, kind of our our, our mother son thing that only the two of us did. The sisters didn't come; it's just us. So, um, oh wow! But then, um, yeah. So that one was big. Then, you know, the Illuminati was all these people from an, an alternate universe. So then they had um, what was the next biggest one? I would say the next biggest one was Reed Richards. They had Reed. That, that's Fantastic. what was bigger than Charles Xavier for me. Fair enough. He was big for he was bigger for me. But let me ask you this. At the end of the day, at the end of are you team Wanda or like uh, um like Doctor Strange? Because me, it was a great movie. But even all down my Facebook, I am so anti-Scarlet Witch right now. Like I feel as though she overreacted on like honestly, I would have said, knowing all this shit, and I love this movie, it's like Hey, I was with I was with you on Wonder Wonder Vision. I'm like, no, they should have ended her back then if she was gonna do all this shit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, she's a sympathetic character, you know, and, and I, I, I humanize her in the role of, you know, somebody who's experienced great loss. You know, my father died when I was young and I understand, you know, grief and major loss. And I'm looking at her like she's just somebody who can't cope with it. She lost so much. She lost her brother. She lost a man that she loves. And she it, it, she's broken. Sadly, she's literally like one of the most powerful beings in the universe. And that made her, you know, all sorts. Of, yeah, I mean, she was really, I mean, she really just needed some fucking therapy. She needed therapy and support and a support network. You know, yeah. I mean, these Avengers, y'all, y'all going to run out and try almost halfway die. But ain't nobody there for each other. There's a bunch right. of people. They uh, they together and alone at the same time. How? How? Yep. Like, so that's really how I was viewing. I was like, oh, okay. She's a sympathetic character to me because she's struggling with grief and she can't take loss. But on the other side of it, they literally, I, I, I saw, I took this opinion from somewhere else. So this is not my original opinion, but I agree with it. This, this was legit terminator the first movie it was it was terminator but oh i heard that yeah because she kept coming and then you got the red eyes piercing through the smoke and they kind of trying to get away with get away from her and closing doors and doing all this stuff and she just keeps coming like the terminator and then now she's coming and she's limping and she's limping like the terminator was limping (laughs) it just wouldn't stop so it was one of those situations i don't know and you know what the interesting thing is, and I'm glad you point, pointed that out because she was dealing mm-hmm. with grief. And then you have Doctor Strange, who was also dealing with loss, and was able to understand that, hey, I want to be with Christine, but I know that I can't, even though mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to. But I'm gonna deal. I'm gonna um, play the cards that were dealt to me. So you yeah. saw like two ends of the um, spectrum on extreme sides. Yes, but we also saw the Doctor Strange who didn't handle it so well. In the What If series on Disney Plus, Disney Plus has a bunch of What If, What If, Captain America's girlfriend became Captain Captain America instead of him. What if she got it? What if this happened? What if that happened? And one of the What Ifs was What if Doctor Strange really couldn't handle it? And you know, it showed him rewinding time, trying to change time to get the woman that he loves back, and all this other stuff, and he ended up destroying the universe. <laughs> but um. You know, frankly, that's Lisa, that's I what it is. Said he... Oh, <laughs> Christine did not yeah, want that man <laughs> anywhere. You're right. In all realities, yeah, he did. never got her. So, I mean, I, I wish, you know, um, some people could see that. <laughs> I think America, um, her character was great. Um, I, wish, mm. I wish they developed her more. Gave a little bit more. I mean, they did mm-hmm. the little the backstory. Um, she did what she came to do. I will say another part of the movie, because again, a lot of people said, "Well, if you didn't watch the What If series, you really want to understand." Now, listen, if you didn't watch it and you understand that multiverse have different versions of everyone, I think you're good. Yeah, you'd be fine. However, um, I wish they would have. I wish they would have at least brought some more in. Because, or at least a little bit more of the explanation of the what if um, pieces in there, like we knew because we watched them all. Um, mm-hmm. The Doctor Strange was my 
second favorite one. Because um, mm. I like when he was going dark and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I mean, you can't get past um, Ultron as the best. But uh, yeah, um, right. I did. <laughs> I But you know what? The end credits when Charlie Theron came there, it was like, I hate when they just do that. It's like, foul. Uh, without it giving any explanation, like it, mm-hmm. this is the character, bam, just just like I guess to, uh, uh, just to uh, you know give us that little fandom moment without explaining yeah. it. Well, I mean, it's for and you know the truly hardcore fans though, because the real comic yeah. book heads knew who she was and what she was there to do. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. people like me, I had no idea because the limited media that I've been exposed to, her character was never there. Dormammu had no relatives as far Wait as I'm, I understand. What? Mm, okay. Oh, that's Dormammu's so, uh, daughter. You... Right. So, yeah. but so you were X Men '90s kid in the cartoon, right? Yeah. Okay, but what? So, did you also read comics growing up? Not really. All right, X Men was that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. No. Like I watched. I, essentially, I watched all all the cartoons. Um, I wasn't avid in reading um, the comic books, but I'm aware of a lot of the different storylines, you know, with some of the different characters. But that whole Dormammu, Doctor Strange was never really on my radar. Um, Only when he, you know, teamed up with Spider-Man or teamed up with whoever else, like, fine. But, yeah. But, um, you know, I I mean, the end credits were good. I, I, I think it's a great mechanism for them to introduce new characters. I think America Chavez is going to come back because this isn't the end of the whole multiverse thing. We still have Kang the Conqueror, so it's definitely going to be something. Um, But, you know, really, I kind of got into it with some people on this. um, There was this Facebook group called the Trans Army or page that I follow. Mm, And they were just like, oh, yeah, America Chavez, she's the best. Look, at she was wearing this LGBT pin. And she... Right. Yeah, wearing the pin, and she had love is love on her back, and I'm like, but why? She comes from a universe where her <laughs> planet is female only, so in a in a in a society in a reality where there is only women on women, there's only one gender. You have no need for an LGBT or anything like that. Like that, that's not a a factor. That's not a thing. And I get that she was a, a part of. 73 other realities but i did the math and that's like you're in each reality for like legit averaging you know 3.5 months and you know maybe she picked this up along the way maybe but like that's not there that's yeah. not being there long maybe. enough to <laughs> to absorb the culture and get yourself steeped in their politics you know just a couple months but yeah. you know it's it's just like you know yeah. like oh it's a great representation for us and i'm like but I'm with representation when it makes sense. But I all one thing I always hate is shoehorning in LGBT matters, like shoehorning it in where it don't make sense completely. Like the way the one thing I yeah, like, um, yeah, yeah. Now, I like I'll, I've said this on this podcast before. I love media that has trans characters, but they're a character first and trans second. Their transness is not central to their character. They're just a person. They just right. happen to be trans, and they're going to react like whatever character. Reacts. But it isn't like a hi for the culture, everybody. All right, none of that. Like it ain't 
this crazy shoehorn thing where now the whole plot point is the fact that they're LGBT. And that, they didn't do that at all. No. Disney did not do that at all. Yep. I just think, you know, people try and take the smallest things and turn it into this big, and I'm like, but was it really that? That wasn't even central to her character. Like, even if she yeah. does date women and that's what she's attracted to, that's the world that she comes from. That's like us going, that's like me going out to another world and saying, okay, I'm heterosexual, but every, you know, every other universe I go to is single gender. Like, okay. Right. Like, there's no space for that there because it doesn't exist. But it makes sense that I am heterosexual because of where I come from. It makes sense that she is lesbian because her whole planet is all women. And she had two moms and there's no other rubric for sexuality because we learn that stuff very early in life in terms of what it is. We we, we, we have that. It gets right. set. We get programmed. So it's just, I don't know. I'm just like, but why? And then everybody was kind of trying to argue me down. I'm like, look, she came from reality. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to minimize or argue down anything. I'm just saying she came from a reality that's all women. So why does she even, like, I don't understand it. So yeah, she went to other realities. Yeah, I mean, really. It was just like trying to, I don't know. I felt like people were trying to create a subplot and trying to trying to make an emphasis on something that was really, you know, window dressing and not actually central. It was never talked about. Now I have no idea. I have. I have it, and it's part of that, like it's part, huh. kind of like the borderline tokenism checklist. Mm. Like, okay, hey, we got POCs, we got the LGBTQ community, we have yeah. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> so hate me for it. That's, that's I get it. The time that we live in. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this, that's a good thing. The good thing about this is companies understand the power of diversity, and and that it actually resonates with people, which is great. I think, you know, we live in a great time for people to live in their truth and really be accepted, even at a at a corporate level, um, largely due to the fact that these companies, you know, especially the big, big ones. Sadly, you will be a token. It will, it will be a lot of tokenism, but they're going to want to say, hey, we're diverse. Look, they're they're on that my black friend thing. I'm not racist. I have a black friend. We're, we're not. Yeah. This. We have this black trans woman and she's in a prominent role and use it to your advantage. You know, I mean, I use it as yeah. a black man. I use it to my advantage. Oh, you need diversity over there? Yeah. All right, I'm about to go over there and take advantage of all the rights and privileges that have been blocked off from people like me forever. <laughs> and I'm going to use that and increase my fucking bag and my bank account's going to grow. And, you know, frankly... As you should. As you should. Exactly. And, and there's the thing. I work for I work for Fox. Fox is a large broadcasting entity with TV stations all across the country. Yeah. I have a role... There's only one. I'm the only black person in my role in the company. Oh, damn. In terms of the management role that I am in, I'm the only one. And if they put me in that role for that, that's fine. I'm getting my numbers. I'm meeting my traffic demands, whatever. But I'm using it to increase my bag, my resume, making connections. All these things are happening. And But there's nobody else that looks like me in this job, in the whole company. Now, there are people that are non-management you know, that are in the job that look like me. Yeah. But there's nobody in, in that in that circle. I'm going to be the only black face of that convention. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just saying like, you know, and, and like part of our use jobs, it to your advantage. Yeah, part of our job. Yep. Part of our job when we're in those spaces is making sure that we're doing what we need to do so we won't be the only one there 
come five to ten to twenty years from now. So we're making absolutely it easier and available mm-hmm. for the people coming behind us to pass. Oh, I, I stepped up immediately to mentor young black journalists, mentor young black college grads, help them decide where they're going to do, where they're going to go, what they're going to do. And, you know, I mean, I know that's a lot harder in smaller communities, especially like the, the trans community. That's very, very difficult to target those people and find those people who are really down for it and who are looking for guidance. I do understand that reality. So I'm not really speaking to that specifically because this whole thing is about the lesbian and all that other stuff that's happening in the show. But, um, oh, crap. Yeah. So, Jimmy, now, would you please? Now, somebody said something about the fight scene. Somebody said something about the fight scene. They were amazing to me. You said they were okay? Yeah, they were good. I mean, they were good. It's just, you know, sometimes this is is why I didn't like the Morbius movie. Sometimes the CGI just gets in the way and it makes it hard to track and follow what's happening on screen. So sometimes too much special effects can be a problem. But, you know, I think it was dope. I love the zombie, Doctor Strange. That was that was dope. Uh, yeah, no, the fight scenes were great. And, you know, oh, especially when, the, when she was fighting the Illuminati and the way that she took down Mr. Fantastic and the Black Miss Marvel, which was super dope how they tied all that together because it's like, I, I mean, it's it's like you get a bit part in Marvel, you never know where it's going to take you. Yeah. And, uh, I hate oh, the yeah. fact that Reeves... Reed Richards, um, because sometimes it happens like, like they say, so motherfuckers be so smart to them, dumb. Like, he's announcing, Oh, Black Bolt, he can kill you if you just said something. Oh, that's a good way for me to just, oh, I'm like, damn, shut the fuck up. But, yeah. um, wow, that was crazy. It <laughs> I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was yeah, like, and I mean, but I don't remember Black Bolt. They gave space for a though, failed but, TV show to get mentioned, huh? I don't remember Black Bolt being in, in the in the Illuminati. I could be wrong, but I don't remember him in the comics being. No, he was in the, he was in the Illuminati. He was there. Okay. He was one of the people. But yeah, the 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 the, the Captain Marvel. But Iron Man was too, yeah. right? No, no, it was Reed Richards, and and Ultron worked. Ultron did what he. Ultron ended up being the safe, secure robot that he was built to be in that universe. He wasn't a villain. Ultron worked. You saw the Ultron robots. You're right. right. And I'm like, wow. Okay, so in this universe, it didn't turn into a villain that tried to kill everybody. You know, so um, also very dope. But yeah, great movie. All in all, y'all, great movie. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Um, Highly recommend you go see it, but also highly recommend you you want you, you the way they build this you can't just watch the movies anymore you have to watch you don't have to but it helps if you watch the disney plus movies so watching wandavision yep. so you understand the thing about the kids and watching the what if so you understand oh that's captain carter that's not captain america that's the british captain america that's a woman and like all that kind of like mm-hmm. all of that stuff you know is 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 really you know that that stuff helps. So, but um, definitely recommend you go watch it. Um, and if you are not Absolutely. up to going to the movie theaters due to COVID, that is not gone yet. It's still technically a thing. People are still dying. 
And in some parts of the country, the cases are going back up. Um, if you're not up to it, then by all means, go and um, just wait for it to come out on on digital because it'll come out soon enough on digital. They're really fast tracking the home releases right. of these movies now, which is great. So, um, oh, movies, movies, joy. <laughs> if you want to see movies on the low, low, moviesjoy.to. Have com- at I'm, it. I'm copying that link right now. Look, I got my rewards points, bro. I'm I'm going to the movies, man. I got my rewards points ready to go. So I get my free popcorn and and my free soda upgrade, and I'm good. Shoes. But yeah, we're going to wrap this up, y'all. Let me give somebody a cheat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let me give somebody a quick cheat code that I did that I've been doing. I learned in high school. Don't judge me, but I'm going to give it to y'all. Well, oh, your audio you is getting you go, your you audio is getting messed up. Okay, try it again. What about what about now? No, nah, it's really now? it's getting muffled. It's muffled and like really it's changing up, man. Hold on, let me see. Hold on, switch out the AirPod. There you go. What All about right. now? So much better. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, this cheat code that I had um since high school. Um. If you go to movie theater that gives you free refills, with the jumbo popcorn, if you go into the movie theater or even, and I know some of the girls are going to be like, eh, that disg- it's disgusting. If you find like one of those jumbo empty jumbo uh, popcorn containers um, still in the theater or like near, like, man, take that up there. And then like, maybe you drop it and say, oh, I need another refill of popcorn. I used to do it all the time. I said, my son dropped this. Could you guys give me a refill? Not, I'm not telling y'all to do it. I'm just telling you that I indulge it. It's worked for me. And when I leave, or if I've had to pay for it, I share the wealth. I just give it to like some teenagers. I'm like, here, y'all, just go ahead. Damn. All right, y'all got the cheat code right there. Got go. the motherfucking cheat code. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe going to wrap this on up. But thank you to everybody that stayed with us through the Doctor Strange 2 conversation. It was a dope movie. Go see it. Um, and yeah, we just can't wait for the next one. The next one is, I don't know what it is, but it's just me now. So anywho, um, to wrap up the show, please go check out the Kendrick Lamar album. Listen to the um, um, the Auntie Diary story or, or song, Auntie Diary song. It's really great. It, um, and listen to it a few times. Even like read the lyrics while you're listening to it. It is the bomb. Um but yeah, please check out check that song out. And you know, to family members, anybody still watching, anybody who you know was trying to understand, trying to learn, listen to that song. It really is a dope story. And the best thing we can do as men is just tell our stories of growth and evolution. And maybe that'll spark something to somebody else. So um, with that, y'all, everybody enjoy yourself, be happy, and we'll see y'all next week.